What's up, everybody? Happy Saturday morning. This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Might be a little more out of breath than normal. Um, I had this bright idea after running this morning, like <laughs> literally from 30 seconds ago after running that um, I should do a podcast. <laughs> so um, I've always been uh, thinking uh, about cards, of course. And so uh, one thing that's been uh, kind of sticking out in my head is is the hype train. So and and I'm going to look at both sides of this here. So we're going to, we're going to take a look on both sides. Just it's this is really going to be like an off the cuff thing. Like as always, there's nothing written down. There's no script. There's no uh, nothing at all. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to leave out stuff uh, accidentally, and I'm going to just uh, you know record what comes to my mind. Um, so the first thing that I started thinking about was uh, you know imagine like uh, <laughs> you know pre-COVID how things were going in the hobby everything things were good you know so people were buying cards we were looking forward to the baseball season and uh you know so naturally the baseball season is at a minimum delayed and uh and so the uh, card card spark uh spike up so that makes complete sense right <laughs> really kind of a strange thing we're we're living in that's for sure uh, but, uh, anyway, so I talked a little bit about this last podcast, how, you know, this could be a perfect storm. Nobody saw it coming. I mean, you know, you'd have to literally have a crystal ball to be able to figure out what was going on. But hindsight, as always, is 2020 and, uh, <laughs> 2020 is a whole lot of other stuff, isn't it right now? But, um, uh, it's interesting to me, uh, to look at what's happened and to, to really kind of deconstruct this, uh, this perfect storm. I think it's probably a good way to put it. So um, people are out of work, but they're not just at work wringing their hands. They've got stimulus checks. They've got an ample amount of time looking online to see what's for sale. Uh, not a whole lot of product, new product being put out. So money's going back into older cards. Um, when I say older cards, I don't mean like old cards. I mean just cards that have been printed already, <laughs> you know. So uh, then you have these... Uh, these little shows like The Last Dance, like Michael Jordan's deal there. And, oh, man, everybody fall, fell over in love all over again with MJ. And, uh, you know, look, I get it. <laughs> I completely get it. That's, that's how I picked up a couple of Verlander rookies. You know, me and my son Beckett, uh, you know, sitting on my lap. We're watching uh, Verlander's no-hitter. Yeah, okay, I've got to get me some rookie cards. You know, and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, we are... Uh, we are emotional beings. We buy a lot of times when it comes to, to hobby stuff with our hearts. And so that's what happened with the last dance. And guess what? It's happening all over again. It's happening with, uh, you know, the next 30 for 30 that comes up for McGuire and Sosa. And so you're starting to see cards of their spike. And this is really awakening something in people where they're saying, well, yeah, I remember McGuire and Sosa, but, oh, what about Canseco and Bonds and Bo Jackson? And uh, they need to do another one on Bo Jackson, by the way. Um, but uh, anyways, I think there's going to be um, so much hype coming in uh, to this hobby now, which, you know, it's not bad. Like, you know, it's kind of funny. So anytime you talk to these uh, these established guys in the hobby, the, the ones that are uh, not, not necessarily big names, but they've just been collecting for a while. Um, they take all this as like really bad news. as a bad thing. This cannot be good for the hobby. No, it's not good at all. I don't know. I, and maybe I'm just trying to be an optimist. I don't know. But I, I see this as a very, very good thing. I think the bigger our hobby gets, sure, the further it has to fall. But, like, at the same time, 
this opens a whole uh, up a whole lot more uh, opportunities for everybody too, doesn't it? Um, that's kind of how I see it. And uh, you know, so we have like all these guys from the '80s that were our childhood stars are you know getting all kinds of recognition in spite of their rookie cards having been printed by the millions. And so everybody's looking for that little special spark. Like, okay, do I want an 87 Donner Story rookie Bo Jackson? Ah, everybody's got one of those. What can I do to make it special? Oh, I've got a great idea. Here's a way that I can make it special for my collection. I can get a PSA 10, because PSA 10 means it's perfect. So what's better than a perfect copy of my favorite childhood hero? You know, look, <laughs> you can't uh, you can't disagree with that. Um, I agree completely. Now, the problem is, is does the person that holds this card do they hold it because they feel it's special? You know, it is. It's Bo Jackson. It's PSA ten, of course. Or, and this is a big or, do they feel that they have something that nobody else has? That's not good guys that kind of is what started this whole thing back in the uh, um, mid 90s when everybody thought they were special because they had a, a Griffey rated rookie and then eBay pops up come to find out everybody's got a hundred of them in the closet so is that going to happen with the PSA 10 cards um, and all kinds of other great cards maybe I don't know I, I don't think it will um, nearly as much because guess what uh, for uh, you know, and, and I don't have I don't have the pop report in front of me. I'm literally like drenched with sweat right now, walking in my uh, in my neighborhood. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not I'm not about to uh, wait till I get to my computer and pull up all the numbers and everything. You know, I love numbers, but um, yeah, so you you look at something like an 89 Griffey. Um, there's probably two three million of those that have been made. There might only be you know several hundred uh, PSA tens or a couple thousand. I don't know. Um, so. Certainly, we cannot get to it at that level from where it was in the early 90s, but it's not going to be a, uh, a feeling of what you might get with a, you know, one of one or a prototype where only a couple exist. Um, but here's the thing, guys. Uh, with all of this new blood coming into the hobby, um, we're going to start to see, I think, I could be wrong. I have been wrong before. <laughs> I think that this is going to filter into some of the more rare stuff. Um, when people start realizing, you know, huh, maybe that uh, A6 Tonishly rookie uh, sold uh, by PWCC the other night that was PSA 10 went for auction for, get this, $645, okay? <laughs> maybe that's not the, uh, um, the best place to put my $600. And look, this could all be completely bogus, like couple months from now these could be trading a thousand each I don't know but uh, when people start looking at the rarer cards and uh, they're looking for that feeling of specialness of I have something that hardly anybody else out there has um, because look supply and demand right so when it comes to baseball cards it's supply and demand uh, everybody seemingly puts uh, way more emphasis on supply they look at the serial numbers and they go, oh, this is out of 10. There's only one of these made. This is out of five. This, there's only 25 of these. Well, you know, that's a big deal. It's rare. You know, everybody's looking for like the rarest baseball card. And uh, you know, so that's kind of really not how it goes completely. Uh, 
when it comes to pricing things out. We're starting to see that we need to start putting a little more emphasis on demand because you do have these cars that are not rare. They're going for a lot of money, and uh, which I think is a very, very healthy indicator that our hobby is doing really well. Um, and I love seeing it. I love seeing that these cards that are uh, have been produced in <clears throat> in pretty you know pretty big quantities doing pretty well. Um, and so, uh, but you know, still <laughs> there are some cards out there that kind of capture both. Um, I'm going to give you an example. Like uh, we have uh, 1986 Donruss Ray Rookie PSA 10 Conseco sold for 6.45. Not the norm. I think they've been they've been on the uptick, but um, they're trading around between three, four hundred dollars each at this point, um, which I kind of want to say it's crazy, but you know, not really because it was a V card uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. So of course, there's going to be a lot of people that would love a, a perfect copy of it. Um, but you start looking at these other cards, the highly sought after uh, cards from the uh, 90s, the beautiful 90s parallels and inserts. The 96 Select Certified Mirror Golds, which by the way, a Barry Bonds just ticked off at about 10 grand when my buddies bought the, bought that. Um, you know, the 97 uh, Pinnacle Totally Certified Platinum. The 98 Donner's Crusade Red. All these cards, like they've, <laughs> you know, they have like maybe 25, 30 of them each. And they're, they're a big, big deal. So when you look at one of those cards, you know, your jaw kind of drops just because of how beautiful it is and how beautiful they are. And, you know, naturally you want one. Problem is, there's way, 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 way more than 25 or 30 uh, that want that card also. And it's my opinion that uh, as, the, uh, as the mass printed cards go, uh, so, go the, so go the rarities. So what we're going to look at is we're going to see, um, I think, a lot of these 90s cards have a spike at some point. Um, and now it's hard to uh, get recognition for a lot of these cards. Truly, you know, you have, uh, you know, the picking on the, the Conseco, you know, you have the Ray Rookie, there's no parallels of it. You know, the, the Crusade has three parallels, so which is not bad at all um, because the green and the purple are not, you know, replacements for the red because they're out of 100 and, and 250. Um, but when you look at the newer cards that have like 10, 20 parallels, they get a little diluted. Um, but I do think that there's going to be people that start to look at the 90s uh, marketing and the 90s market is already hot. Um, but <laughs> I don't think we've seen hot yet. <laughs> I just don't think we've seen hot yet. If people are willing to put down hundreds of dollars on a PSA 10 mass produced uh, key rookie card. Um, yeah, just wait, just wait. Um, now look, I've said this already a couple times in this recording. I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot in the past. I've been right a lot in the past, but I've been wrong a lot in the past. So, um, I'm not telling people to run out and get all kinds of, uh, 90s inserts and parallels. I think it'd probably be smart. Um, especially the rare ones, but, um, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a speculator. Like, I'm not a gambler. I don't, uh, I typically don't buy things in hopes of them going up. I just buy them because I think it's a, a, a smart move. Um, and so, you know, we have this hype machine at the very top that's kind of uh, churning up nostalgia 
for all of us. And maybe another round of stimulus checks, which would be kind of interesting to see what happens with the card market too then. Um, so I don't know if this is, uh, if this is going to stop anytime soon. Um, but uh, like I said, I do think it's going to filter down to the 90s cards. And here's what else I think is going to happen. I think that this is going to start filtering in, and maybe even before the 90s cards, I don't know yet, um, into even more of the vintage market. The vintage market does not need help from Tanner to hype it up. <laughs> Nothing does. You know, look, nobody, I don't think a whole lot of people listen to, uh, to what I say and take it as, uh, as investment advice, nor should they. Um, but I just feel like vintage has obviously been strong. It always continually goes up. Um, it's not like vintage toys. So, and, and let me kind of just, you know, go on a rabbit trail with this as well, because uh, I think it's important to talk about a little bit. Um, people have talked about, well, you know, look, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, all these guys, uh, they were heroes of yesteryear. They were people that, uh, you know, they were the heroes of, you know, fathers, grandfathers, great grandfathers. So when they die out, then their memories will as well. Uh, you know, I mean, look at the toys. Um, you know, so <laughs> I guess the toy market on a lot of older, older toys kind of goes down. But I disagree wholeheartedly with that statement of, uh, of you know, cards, of this happening with the card market. Because, uh, you know, toys, they, you don't have heroes in toys. Like, they're just, they're not things that you look up to. They're not things that you have fond memories of. Um, you know, like baseball. When it comes to baseball, you have... You know, these big guys, the Babe Ruth, the Cy Young, uh, Walter Johnson, Christy Mathewson, all these big names. These are hobby heroes. They are legends. Um, they're not going to die down. They're only going to um, increase in value, I think. Um, you know, it's kind of like saying George Washington and Abraham Lincoln will lose their appeal. No, they're not going to. They're the, you know, we have uh, you know, some very, very big names out there from... Uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, that they're just not going anywhere. You know, they're just not going anywhere. Uh, now, I will say this. If we do see a downward trend in them ever, I don't think we will. Um, I don't think we ever have with the vintage market. But if we do see it, I think that's simply because we're not doing a good enough job of reminding everybody of the players that they are and players that they were and their stories. You know, there's... Uh, there's just so much rich history, and I actually talked about this before. So on Blowout, I, uh, I wrote a question, a poll out there. said, you know, if baseball ceased to exist, would you still collect? You know, some people uh, said no. Most of the people, I think, said yes. Every now and then you have, you know, some guy on there, you know, offended <laughs> that I even asked. Um, here, here's what I think. I think if not another single baseball game played, if Acuna doesn't steal another base, if uh, if we don't see another uh, uh, Soto electric slide or whatever, you, or electric shuffler, whatever they call what he does in the batter's box, if we don't see another Trout home run, if uh, you know we don't see another Wallace Chapman, um, you know, a 105 mile an hour fastball, uh, the the, <laughs> the history of the game is preserved. It's set in stone. It's still there. We will have like an unbelievable amount of games that we can continue to see and and reminisce about and there will still be 30 for 30s that are put out about players and and all this and so i thought about um you know this as well so i, I think i think that that baseball will be fine 
that the hobby will be fine. And, uh, you know, look, you've got a stamp market, a coin market, all these other markets that, you know, look, they don't, they don't have like seasons, you know, like, uh, like baseball does. And guess what? <laughs> There's still collectors of them out there. Um, now, uh, a few years ago, I started thinking about this when I started seeing these little, um, basketball clips, uh, of, on Facebook, uh, Allen Iverson, he was the greatest. Watch AI do this. Watch, watch Iverson, uh, you know, slam on this guy. Watch him do that. And, and so you see like this little three minute clip showing just how dominant and amazing of a player he was, um, which is great because it gets you going, man, that's awesome. Same thing that happened to Kobe and LeBron. And I remember watching a little, little LeBron clip, uh, clip, uh, from a season or two ago and just, you know, jaw dropping. Like, you know, he, he like, uh, he was dribbling and, uh, he had a guy that was a defender in front of him and he, uh, he kind of turns his back to him and dribbles the ball between his and the defender's legs and connects with it after like past him and then, um, and scores, you know, that stuff, like that stuff will stick in your head and, uh, you know, and it will for, uh, to the point where people will be willing to open up their pocketbooks and make purchases of cards. Um, and so there are guys like Jim Tomey who has over 600 home runs and, you know, he is, he is rightfully an all time great. Um, and I, I admire that guy just so much for just being a you know, humble guy from what I understand and, and not a, not a flashy player. Um, but you know, look, you have Bo Jackson getting so angry after he strikes out, he breaks the bat over his knee. That's what we remember. You know, we remember the strikeouts. We remember him running up the wall and everything. So we have all these memories of these things that stick out. So all it takes is uh, the quote-unquote hype train to put together some of these videos and let them circulate around. And guess what? You've got uh, some pretty, <laughs> some pretty amazing um uh, hype for certain players and cards to, to spike in value. That's just kind of how it goes. And so I've got my own thoughts also on 19th century players. Uh, I feel like I need to be a, uh, a better quote unquote historian to kind of get, uh, the, uh, the story out of these guys from the 19th century to people, because here I am, I'm a guy that's firmly planted in, baseball cards for the 21st century who loves um basically everything cardboard <laughs> except for 89 bowman uh, <laughs> but i love everything else basically and uh, uh and here i am after several 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 years in, in the hobby and i'm just starting to discover over the past year or two um these amazing amazing heroes that we have uh in our game that simply don't get recognition and i think one of the main reason why um uh when one of the main reasons why is because there is simply no uh substantial media to talk about them um we don't have these facebook clips of uh of king kelly or old hoss Rass, uh, radborn um radborn by the way um pitcher amazing pitcher uh, you think the uh, the quote unquote Rick face of '89 Fleer uh, was bad? <laughs> old Hoss Radborn has an old Judge card from the 1800s where he's flipping off the camera. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a they, they were they were a rowdy group uh, back then, that's for sure. But um, 
you know, Monty Ward, uh, Charles Comiskey. You have some incredible, incredible stories that have lines that go all the way through the 19th century. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't have any radio of them playing, like any audio. We have box scores, kind of. Um, yeah, we have, we got box scores. So we've got some statistics. Uh, we have sparsely done articles every now and then, and we have a few pictures and that's kind of it. Um, you know, the, that's kind of what made the baseball card so exciting to collectors back then is people didn't know who these players look like for the most part until the baseball cards came out. Um, now of course there's some woodcuts and papers and everything that they would see, but, uh, but for the most part, a lot of these guys, the first exposure was of, of just seeing what the person looked like. I mean, like, my gosh, could you imagine, um, the hype around Bryce Harper, if we couldn't see his eye black or his glorious hair, you know, uh, flowing in the wind when he gets up from second base, uh, sliding head first, you know, like, <laughs> or hearing these little sound clips of his, um, even the goof ups, like I'm looking to bring a title home to Washington when he, uh, first signed with Philadelphia. I mean, <laughs> like we are so in tune with everything that these guys say, even Twitter, like, you know, we can go on Twitter and, uh, you know, hear what they're saying. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Trout pulls a prank on teammates. Uh, you know, check, check this link on YouTube, for instance, and you can see it. And that really kind of connects with us. We don't have that uh, for these guys. We've got, thankfully, uh, some autobiographies, some biographies. We've got some people that uh, were news writers that would talk about them. Um, so a little is better than nothing. But those things get so 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 lost to time um you know babe ruth ty cobb we have pictures we've got all kinds of pictures we've got a lot of documentation on them but still <laughs> it's nothing like it is now with today's players um i mean we can start hyping up a you know 14 year old uh that's playing uh it's playing on his uh, high school team you know like oh man check out this kid's arm he's gonna be something and all of a sudden there's already eyes on him you know that's not really how it was back then um, so, you know, like you have, uh, if I remember correctly, I think, uh, uh, Walter Johnson, like the first time, uh, Ty Cobb saw him, I, it sounded like they didn't really know anything about him. Um, they were making fun of him. Uh, Hey, look at this, uh, look at this guy. He's still got, you know, straw in his teeth from being a hillbilly farmer or whatever. And, uh, so Walter Johnson apparently is like this, uh, quiet guy, at least at that time. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, this tall, lanky guy apparently. And, uh, Ty Cobb and everybody else is making fun of him like crazy and they uh, come up to bat against him and uh, they uh, they basically can't see the ball <laughs> you know because he's he's so good of a pitcher there's no scouting report really you know it, from based upon what I can tell from uh, that uh, that conversation that's been reported on paper of uh, Ty Cobb like quote um, you know, it's not like there was no like, okay, guys, we got to look out for his, uh, for his split finger. You know, <laughs> he's got a nasty curve. He's a, he's a side armor. And, uh, and, uh, so, you know, these, uh, these lefties, especially they better look out for this. Um, and, and, you know, so there was really not like a whole lot of that from what it sounds like, uh, back then <laughs> they were just, Hey, let's make fun of this new guy. And, uh, you know, so look, maybe, maybe they did have some scouting, but it didn't sound like, didn't sound like it from there. Nowadays, I mean, they can, they've got pretty much everything nailed down and they're, they're, uh, looking at everything from, you know, 20 different ways, which is pretty amazing to me. Um, but anyways, I do think that, uh, we need to, uh, pay more attention to 
what's going on, like, or what happened in the 19th century, just uh, for entertainment value only, um, when you start looking at these stories, reading these stories, and see what they, what they're about, you're just going to fall in love, like, I promise you, like, you're just going to fall in love, (laughs) Um, it's a, it's a completely different game, even back then in the 19th century, you have these guys, like, traveling, um, you know, together in these, like, uh, you know, little buggies or whatever, and, uh, you know, sleeping in fields and, you know, all that. So just a very, very interesting time period. And all, they're doing all of this just because they love baseball, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think the 21st century players can learn a lot from the 19th century players, but, you know, to turn this back around to, to cardboard, um, I, I feel like I've promised, uh, talking about cards for quite a while here, um, and how they're made and everything from the 19th century. I promise I will get to it, um, but that's a whole nother ball of wax. Like it is like absolutely fascinating how they even created the cards back then. Wildly different compared to what they do now. So I'll get into that later. Um, and by the way, I do think that everybody should have a uh, piece of uh, 19th century in their baseball card collections. Um, you know, look, if you're a, and that's not like a, um, an elitist thing to say, I, I know what y'all are spending on the newer cards. If you could spend, uh, you know, three, four hundred dollars on a box of like 2020 whatever, you know, yeah, you could spend a few hundred on a, on a 19th century card. And uh, <laughs> I think you won't be, uh, I think you won't be disappointed. So, uh, anyways, I will wrap up here um, with this. And, you know, I know it was just kind of like a series of rabbit trails, but that's, you know, that's how I do. That's what happens when I start to thinking about baseball. So, thank you guys. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend.